Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. With me today, my brother, Obadiah Smith, Jr. Yeah, glad to be back, Jim. Obadiah, so good to see you. You know, on TV a few years ago, there was a very popular series called 24. Yes. And uh, in the series, every episode was just one hour in one day, so that throughout the whole year, the whole season of the show, you just went through one 24-hour period. It was really a fascinating and creative concept. Okay. And we all know that days, one day, can make a difference in our lives. A lot of things can happen in one day. Do you remember the day you got married? Yes, I do. Everything's been different ever after, hasn't it? Yes, they have. (laughs) That one 24-hour period changed you up. Same for me. There are so many days in our lives that actually change everything today. We want to talk about the 24 hours that change the world more than any other. 24 is our theme. It's all found in Luke chapter 24, and it's about that first Easter Sunday. Happy Easter. It's Easter week, Obadiah, and you know, when it comes to Easter, there are a lot of things to think about. Yes, it is. Let's talk about marshmallow peeps, no, for instance. No, please, on. no. <laughs> Yellow or pink, which is your favorite? Neither. <laughs> oh, come on. I don't like marshmallows that much, but a marshmallow peep, come on, you've got to celebrate. I do not like all right, them. All don't. right, so you don't like the peeps. No. How about this? A fresh Cadbury Easter chocolate egg. You know, you just cut that open and all that goo flows out from the inside? No goo. Oh, Obadiah, what do you want? A bite the head off a chocolate bunny? Yes. Oh, the hollow bunny. Oh, the hollow Less bunny. calories. All right. Well, Easter candy is a part of the celebration. And of course, bunnies and eggs and Easter eggs and Cadbury eggs, all of that has a kind of traction in our time and place. But Easter really isn't about candy, is it? No, it's not, Jim. It's about a real moment in history, about a real day, about 24 hours in a day that changed everything. Why do Christians get together on Sunday, the first day of the week? For 20 centuries, it doesn't matter what part of the Christian family you call home. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. If it's Sunday, the first day of the week, people who are Christians think, you know, let's get together. Let's have a church meeting. Why? Jesus. Jesus, he rose from the dead on the first day of the week, on Sunday. So from the very earliest days, the New Testament tells us that believers gathered together on what they then called the Lord's Day. This was differentiated from the seventh-day Sabbath of the Jewish week. It was differentiated because it was the Lord's Day. It was the day he rose from the grave, that 24-hour day that just changed everything That's what we're talking about today, Obadiah. The story is told in all four of the gospel narratives, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But today we're going to look at Luke chapter 24. Oh, which brings me back to that TV show, 24. 24. Okay. Okay. In Luke 24, you have the whole day, 24-hour day. The story is told. What happens that day? And the day begins in the morning. Yes. And that's where we're going to pick it up on this Easter week. So, Obadiah, I know you've got the scripture open before you. Let's look at Luke chapter 24, beginning with verse 1, take it away. But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee. The Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. 
the angels are talking. They're talking to some women who are absolutely stunned with disbelief. They're terrified. They're in the company of angelic beings, which they haven't seen before. And the body of Jesus is gone. And now they get this word that Jesus actually is alive, that he has been raised from the dead. They saw him murdered on a cross. They saw his body limp and lifeless, carried off the cross, buried in a tomb. Now they're there at the grave. He's not there. Angels are there. He's alive. Wow. This is verse 8 of Luke chapter 24. Then they, these women, remembered that he had said these things. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell his 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they did not believe it. However, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. Then he went home again, wondering what had happened. This is the story of all time. It's the song of the redeemed Rising from the African plain It's the song of the forgiven Drowning out the Amazon rain The song of Asian believers Filled with God's holy fire It's every tribe, every tongue, every nation A love song born of a grateful choir It's all God's children singing glory, glory To the faithful gathered underground Of all the songs sung from the dawn of creation Some were meant to persist Of all the bells rung from a thousand steeples None rings truer than this
Obadiah, you and I have just read 12 verses out of the 24th chapter of Luke's Gospel. Yes. Some of the most famous words ever written about the signal event of all history, the day in which Jesus rose from the dead. Now, as we're looking at this through the lens of 24 hours, we must admit that the story we have just read, the first 12 verses of Luke 24, does not actually begin at the beginning of the day. A few hours have already passed before we get to this break of daylight. And what happened then? We don't know. We don't have an actual written record. What we do know is that sometime, as the new day was dawning, at some point, Jesus Christ, the Son of God and the Son of Man, this man who was fully human and flesh, even as he was fully divine, this one who had been murdered on a cross, whose blood had been shed, whose bones had been broken, whose sides had been pierced, who had been witnessed as dead by a crowd of who knows how many and laid into a tomb dead, not fainted, not passed out, not in a coma, dead, no pulse, no brainwave, nothing. That on this morning, somewhere in the wee hours of the morning, as those 24 hours began to unfold, he came back to life. And the clothes with which he had been buried, the, the, the tomb linens, which was the custom of the time, he wasn't buried in his best suit. He was buried in a kind of wrap, mm-hmm. which was the custom of the time. Those were still there, just lying there, folded up neatly as if someone had just, you know, not wanted to run out in a hurry, but just made everything neat and tidy. And Jesus isn't there. These women have come. This is the beginning of the most consequential day of all history. Yes. And what can we learn from it? What about these 24 hours can we think of that might change our history going forward? And Obadiah, I think one thing we have to acknowledge is these gals, even though they didn't understand the resurrection, they didn't understand all that was to happen, they were still looking for Jesus. Yes. And going to the tomb, but not really knowing what to expect when they get there. They're wanting to see the body because they're coming to prepare the body. They still love Jesus, even though they didn't fully understand his power. And I think there's an important lesson for us there. They put their shoes on and they went to find him. I mean, they were active. They weren't just passive. They weren't just waiting around, waiting for something to happen. They weren't waiting for God to show up and give them a sign or a signal. They were pursuing every lead they had, which would lead them even to a cemetery, but they were seeking Jesus. And if you don't remember anything else to cease to remember this, if you seek Jesus, I promise you, you will find him. If you are willing to engage your ambition and your dreams, if you have a thirst in your soul, if you want to know for sure, is this Jesus thing really all that? You seek him, I promise you, you will find him and he will show up. Well, as they did that, they were very surprised. And <laughs> this is another lesson, I think. Okay. Obadiah, when you first really came to terms with Jesus, and I know you have, is there something about him that surprised you? Yes, that he accepted me as who I was. Yes. Because uh, maybe you weren't sure that you were worthy, or right. we all carry some baggage, don't we? Yes, we do. I'm not and sure some he pain. really. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure he wants my baggage or my pain. And uh, it's a surprise yes, when you it is. find Jesus. He is so welcoming. He is so embracing. He is so gracious. And these women who are looking for Jesus are quite surprised because he's not where they thought he would be, and he's not as they thought he would be. He was better than and more wonderful than they could have possibly imagined. Yes. And here's another lesson from this Easter story, these 24 hours. If you're seeking Jesus, you will find him. And when you find him, you're going to be surprised. But your surprise will be in every good way. 
If you're looking for someone who's just going to squash you down, that's not Jesus. If you're going to look for someone who's just going to push you up against the wall, that's not Jesus. If you're looking for someone who's going to make you feel worse and ashamed, that's not Jesus. What you're going to find is someone who's going to give you life and hope and a way forward. Wow, that's Easter. That's why these 24 hours are so important, because these women are the first ones to experience that reality. And even as they kind of came to terms with Jesus might be alive, what would you say their response was? Jim, they were confused because they were confronted with the unexpected. It was unimagined. And in their particular life, they were a little disoriented. They were puzzled. But understanding God's truth, they came to understand that there's a goodness of what it meant to go to the tomb, and it was revealed to them. I'm guessing that their minds were just flooded with questions. I mean, I'm standing there trying to put myself in their shoes. Even as I see angels, even as I see the empty tomb, even as I hear the words, he's alive, my mind is racing with questions. Is it possible? Yes. Could that really be true? How could it be true? How could that happen? Wait a minute. So that confusion, I think you're right on the money, Obadiah, their confusion, their being puzzled is such an ordinary and human reaction. And again, as we come to Jesus, we may have questions. Don't think that you have to have everything figured out before you make the decision, I want to follow that guy. Because it's natural to wonder. It's natural to be puzzled when you're coming face to face with a truth, with a person who defies all of your experience and who is outside the frame of reference of all human history. This one who has no flaw, who has no sin, who has only grace and love and justice and truth, you're going to be confused a little bit. It's okay. Don't run away. Still stand there and embrace him, which also leads to their kind of sense of fear. You know, when I'm confused, I get afraid. Do you ever, uh, you know, when you don't have all the answers, do you get a little afraid, insecure maybe? Yes, because of the unknown and what's expected, how I'm going to react. Uh, this is new to me. and This is not in my learning curve. That's right. And <laughs> And if I think about Jesus, who I watch die, and he's alive right now, I wonder if he's going to be a little bit upset with me that I didn't try to do more to save him all that pain and suffering. Or, you know, if only I had done this, if only I had done that. Uh, You know, when you come face to face with reality, all of us have things that we wish we could replay. I wish I could do it over. And now I'm afraid about what I did. (laughs) And I can't fix it. I can't go back and relive history. I can't go back in time. And that makes me afraid. And they were afraid. They didn't know what to expect. But they didn't have to be afraid because Jesus lives. Yes, he does. (laughs) And as he lives, he's the same wonderful guy that he was before he died. I don't know if you know Fouad Masri Obadiah. Yes, I do. uh, Fouad's a great guy. He grew up in Beirut, Lebanon, and uh, he has many stories to tell. Arabic is his first language. He lives in a world that's kind of a tough neighborhood, let's face it. Growing up in Lebanon, and as he grew up in the Lebanese Civil War, there were many uh, shots literally fired his way, lots of tension, lots of difficulty. All this to say that as he grew up in that tumultuous world, he developed a heart of compassion and love for Muslims who don't know about Jesus. They may have heard the name, but they don't really know about him. And I just, a couple days ago, was in his company, and he was telling me this story. He said that he was sharing with some Muslim women the Jesus movie. This is the film that's made on the life of Christ. You know, mm-hmm. it kind of walks through the whole story yes. and it's up on the big screen. And at the end of the film, of course, as you go through the chronology, you get from Bethlehem to all the rest. And now we have the cross. And then we have this garden tomb scene where Jesus comes back to life. And this is the 
finale of the film, Jesus is resurrected. And the women who are watching it just got so frustrated. And Fawad said, I, I wasn't sure how to read their reaction. You know, what, what, what? Are you upset because he got crucified or what? And these women cried out and said, no, no, we're, we're not upset that he was crucified. We've heard that before, but in our whole lifetimes, we've heard that Jesus was a prophet. That's what Islam believes, that Jesus was a holy man of God, but that he failed and that he died and was murdered. And that was that. Nobody ever told us he rose from the grave. Are you kidding me? They said that makes him stand tall above all others. And just this news that Jesus lives, this is the core of the gospel. This is why we have hope, because there is none like him, none before, none after, who literally rose from the dead into a new resurrected body that shall never more die. And that is the promise we have. When we come back, Obadiah, there are a couple more things in this Easter story we want to grab. Before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. listening to our program today, you might have a question or a thought, a comment. We want you to know that we're always glad to hear from you. Just dial this number toll-free, 24 hours a day and seven days a week, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. We're right by the phone. Glad to hear from you. We'll give you the number again at the close of the broadcast today, but just now, no. Give us a call. We want to hear your voice. Obadiah, you and I are talking about 24, the 24 hours that changed all of history, the 24 hours captured in Luke chapter 24. And in this Easter week, 
We're talking about that Easter morning when Jesus came back to life. And as these women have come to the garden tomb, angels have told them that Jesus is alive. The body's not there anymore. Something happens. Something clicks. They've been through confusion. They were afraid. They suddenly get the idea, wow, Jesus is really alive. And then what? They remember what Christ had told them. (laughs) (laughs) Their memory kicks in. Why should we be surprised? (laughs) Didn't he tell us this already? Yes, he did. And of course, when he was telling us these things, I imagine they think to themselves, we didn't believe him. It, It was so beyond our experience, so beyond what we could put our arms around that, well, it just went in one ear and went out the other. Well, I think there are a lot of things like that in life, aren't there? Yes, it is, Jim. It doesn't have a perfect recall until you go through it and experience it for yourself. And sometimes Jesus asks us to love or forgive, and we just think that's not possible. Yes. And, and it goes in one ear and goes out the other until you're in a moment when suddenly you remember, oh, that's what he said. Yes. And that's a great lesson from this Easter time, isn't it? That Jesus is always preparing us, and his preparation for us doesn't always bear fruit in that first minute. It comes to life later. Yes. And when you deal with the resurrected living Christ, I promise you, there will be things when you suddenly come to terms with the reality of Jesus is alive. There will be things in your past. There will be voices and words and moments and experiences that come back to you. And they may have been painful in their past, but suddenly they'll come back reframed. And you remember, oh, (laughs) I get that now. Yes. (laughs) That's why. And that sense of fulfillment of God's word, that sense of God is walking ahead, God has got this, there is no sweeter place to be in life than that. And that's where these women, these first witnesses to the resurrection, found themselves that Easter morning. But you know, the clock's ticking. Yes, it is. It's clicking. 24 hours are going by. It's first Easter. And not everybody is getting it. They ran and told their friends. And they didn't understand. And they didn't buy it. It just, it was nonsense. What are you telling us? Boy, isn't that what the world is doing right now? Yes. There are people listening to you and me today, Obadiah, right now, and they're thinking, that is nonsense. There's no way that Jesus is still alive. There are people listening to us today who aren't sure that he even was alive ever. There's some who think the whole thing's just a myth or a made-up story, a fairy tale on the level of a Grimm's fairy tale or a Disney animated classic. They think that it's some kind of mythology or some kind of crutch that people have invented with which to cope with a rough and terrible world. All of that is out there. I know that. But I'm telling you, I've seen Jesus. Yes. You have too. Yes, I have. Jesus is alive, and he makes a difference. And these women told their friends, the people who had known Jesus before, and they just didn't buy it. But wait, there's one guy. Peter. Peter. (laughs) In this particular record of the account, Peter, he's not buying the story altogether, but he's got a little bit of doubt. Maybe, just maybe, there's something here. So what does he do? I have to go see it for myself. (laughs) So he does the same trip that these women have done already, doesn't he? Yes, go to the tomb. He puts on his shoes, and he gets out there, and he seeks. It's the same lesson as we started with at the beginning. You seek Jesus, and you will find him. And he runs to the tomb, and he searches. And when he gets there, Jesus isn't there. And Jesus actually doesn't appear in the garden and talk to him either. Jesus just is absent. But what he knows is that the body that was laid to rest there isn't there anymore. And as you're maybe in Peter's shoes today, you're not really sure about this Jesus deal. Here's something to remember. There's no body of Jesus anywhere. 
There's no marker. There's no gravestone. There's no monument. There is no place where you will find his body. Oh, and know this. The people like Peter who then met up with the resurrected Christ were willing to die, not in an army for political gain, not because they were taking over territory, not because they were protecting their friends or loved ones. They were willing to die for no other reason than this. They believed Jesus was alive because they had seen him. Now, that may not be enough for you right now. But the question is, are you willing to run and find out? Is your heart store open just a little bit, just a jar, to think, maybe Jesus is alive. And if he's alive, will he meet up with me? That's where we are in this Easter week. So you're going to have a marshmallow peep. Okay, not you, Obadiah. You're going to have a Cadbury egg. Okay, not you, Obadiah. No. Okay, maybe a hollow chocolate bunny egg. Yes, you, Obadiah. Yes. No matter where you are celebrating, no matter what you're thinking, think about this. Jesus is alive. Is your heart open to considering the possibility and to actually seeking him out? Get into a company of other believers. Go to a church meeting. Open up your Bible and read Luke chapter 24. Cry out in your heart a prayer and see where it takes you. Seek and you will find. Start now with us and pray. Our Father, we're so thankful today for Jesus Christ the Lord. And I thank you, Lord, not just for the history of Christ, but for the living reality of Christ, for the way in which he still breathes life into us and for his words still living true. I thank you for everyone who's listening to us today and for this Easter week. I pray that the power and the reality of Jesus' resurrection will become palpable, tactile, irrefutable in the lives of our listeners today. Thank you, Lord, that we have so much for which to celebrate, so much to which we can look forward. We thank you, Lord, for Jesus Christ and the Easter story. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, here's this number again. Call us. 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. We're by the phone. We want to hear your voice. We want to hear your questions. We want to take your prayer requests. We want to encourage you. Jesus lives. If you'd prefer not to call us up, though, and just want to check it out online, there is a web address. Obadiah, you know what that web address is? cbhviewpoint.org. CBH. We are Christians Broadcasting Hope. cbhviewpoint.org. Check out the ministry. Send us an email. We will reply. Or at the last, just write me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana 46018, USA. But whether you call us on the phone check us out online, or send me a letter by post. Please, let us hear from you this week. All right, Obadiah, thanks for coming alongside. Glad to be back, Jim. And, you know, I'm just going to admit, I'm glad you don't like the Cadbury's because that's one more for me. (laughs) Okay. All right. And we thank you for tuning in today. We hope you'll be with us again next week as we continue to walk through this most amazing day in history. We'll continue our little mini-series called 24 next week. Until then, for all of us at the Church of God Ministries team, which is the host of our broadcast, for all of us at Christians Broadcasting Hope, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.